What's up, Dingleberries? Welcome back to the Bad Christian Podcast. I'll have you know, we're in New York City today, having an off day on the BC Roadshow. The whole gang is here. We got a busload of people, and we got a few more shows left. We're going to Pittsburgh. We're going to Akron. We're going to Louisville. Go to bcroadshow.com. Come out and see Emery. He is legend. Dan Koch. Tyson Motzenbacher, Vocal Few, and BC Pod Live. And don't forget, early bird tickets for this year's BC Con which is in Dallas in February on sale. You can go to badchristiancon.com and get tickets there. And we got a bunch of announcements coming up very soon. Or you can get the early bird tickets for $50 off right away. We'll get right to today's show. It's sponsored by Blue Apron. You can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free by visiting blueapron.com slash badchristian. Let's do it. Oh, hell yeah. God showed up. I don't give a shit what I put in my body. You don't ever f- talk to me that way. <laughs> so if you've never done oral, then you're extrovert. No, girl, it's my flesh. I, I showed my dad my penis when I was 25 years old. You don't get more honest than that. Three, two, one. Bad Christian, we're back. Bad Christian, cut you no slack. Jesus Christ and everything else. Let's do it, fellas. Okay. Bad Christian Podcast. Here we go. Gonna have a How's good it? one today. Yeah, what's up, everybody? Yo, this is this is your host, Joey Svensson, coming at you with another Bad you're Christian You're a host, episode. not the host. A host. You're no, one, no, one you host. are not. I'm the host, and you guys are the side projects. I'm the host with the most. <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask you, we got a really cool interview, by the way, coming up with uh, most people's favorite band. If you're a Christian, one of your, your favorite band is Skillet, for the most part. So that's coming up here in a second, but... I did want to ask you guys, I had an imagination, uh, a time of using my imagination, but I think it's very, very For something very other likely. than sex in heaven or dead no, children? No, it has to, do with, it has to yeah. do with sex and dead children, okay. but yes. um, no, seriously. All right, so uh, you, you can't, unless you're completely off of social media, you cannot miss the crazy polarity that's that's out there right now with, with politics and all that stuff. Right. And I started thinking about this, and I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. What what could happen mm-hmm. if someone with a big name got online and yeah. tweeted something like they had a big write up and then they tweet the link to the write up and they basically say, I'm declaring myself not a citizen of the United States of America. Here's the rules that I'm abiding by. Here's how I'm going to live in the United States and not be a citizen. Who's joining me? You know damn well millions and millions and millions of people would put their name in there, submit. Next thing you know, you're building up a huge group of people of millions. Would would the government do anything about that? Like, I don't know is, if you've thought is there anything through, they can do? Go ahead. I, I haven't thought it through completely, obviously, but it's not like they can even do anything other than say, this is how... We operate, so it's not like they could have their own currency, or maybe they do get like a cryptocurrency well, yeah, that they start they using. But 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 can I'm surprised it hasn't has happened. Okay, like on well, social media, I'm surprised. I think that's an interesting premise and actually a, a reasonable one at some point in the future in some modified way. But the way that you're saying it now is not viable, just based on you know. I mean, for, first of all, to to be not a citizen, I imagine you would stop paying taxes and then you go to jail by. F- 
gun cage, all that stuff gets involved real fast. Sure. So, uh, how do you have a do you have a method for handling that, or do you mean like a physical violent revolution that happens to be digitally based? No, not not physical violence. That's what it what would if be someone, if you say I'm not put, taking my kids to school. I'm not paying taxes. I'm not okay. I, well, well, know, what whatever. what if someone what if someone took the angle of I'm going to I'm not doing anything against the law. I am basically going to do similar things that other people do, but I don't adhere. Wait, but the to law is America. the binding thing for being a citizen. How do you, if you're not doing anything against the law, then you're just living in as a citizen, right? Okay. Well, uh, the resources are there for you to do stuff online. What if they? I mean, could, if enough time was spent on it, and obviously this is far, far fetched, mm-hmm. but if enough time was spent on this, you could have digital schools that people like can't can they you succeed from this can you succeed from this country and have a what is, network? you're not defining secede what do you mean you mean participate in every way as a good citizen but simply say that you're not a citizen put your foot down and to what not do something. what do you resist as a not a citizen okay all right, all right let's say it's a domino effect let's say all of the bylaws and high v's and <clears throat> What's the place in Seattle? I can't think QFC. of it. But let's say Safeway. Kroger, whatever. Yeah, Safeway. Let's yeah, say a bunch Albertsons. of these stores All, decide, we got hey. Kroger in Nashville. Here we go. Yeah, the grocery we, revolution of 2019. Oh, yes. <laughs> so we are going to, we're going to help out. What if Amazon? There you go. Amazon there, there says go. we're doing it. Nailed we're, it. Doing we're doing what, this. We're, we're doing, doing it. We we are going to supply only for non-citizens of America. How do you, you not be a citizen? Like How are you not a citizen? What does it mean to not be a citizen? You're on this list. That's how you get to be not a citizen. You just get on this list. But it how does that like a bad business model. exempt you from being a citizen? <laughs> to say you're not one. You still pay taxes. You're still subject to all the laws, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, so, so you're still, that would be a hilarious scam where you go, oh, yeah, I'm not a citizen, and they immediately kick you out. But, it's just a trick. Yeah, you'd, I mean, you'd be arrested for, <laughs> Donald Trump for would love that. not okay. participating in our system. But other than that, you can do what you want. So you're right, still well, saying me, you're going to violate laws. It's the only let, thing you're doing. Okay, well, let, let, me, let me rephrase this then. Is okay. there any significant rebellion possible mm-hmm. to do in cyberspace? I would think like there is, could, but I think you're just thinking of it wrong. So let me suggest what I think is possible, but it wouldn't be yet exactly. So right. there's, there's two things that come to mind. I'm not trying to shut, shut you down. I'm just trying to get rid of the silly parts of it. Of course, you can't resist right. the government's force when it comes to taxes and laws. That's not on the table i have and i've won that's not on the table but there would be another way around it in the future two of them actually i can think of that i hope there would be a lot more peaceful than an actual revolution which could happen by the way i'm not saying it can't be where you say i am not paying taxes i will not support these laws i will keep my free speech i will keep my second amendment rights i don't care you know that can happen too and may but it is possible in the future that our virtual worlds, such as the BC Club, is kind of a virtual world, for instance. It's like, yeah. you know, you can live a lot of your life online now. So the more of your life you can live online, the more you can minimize the, you know, real terrestrial aspects of life. So if we build virtual, you know, Minecraft and Fortnite and then beyond worlds that we actually get satisfaction, happiness, love, avatar based, virtual, haptic feedback you know, live in the pod kind of thing. There could All you would have to do without being violent or not complying with the government would be pay your minimum taxes, stay in your pod all day, and live in any world that you want to create that only like-minded people are in that, that agree to those set of rules. It would be possible to have a virtual thing. It wouldn't necessarily need to secede to achieve it. It would be a peaceful 
thing where you could voluntarily create a world and then live in it. And that probably is, you know, that might not be a hundred years away. And and when you when you think of uh, so kind of a different subject, when you think of what you just proposed, is this something that people can rent a little space in like a big uh, storage facility where people get into a pod, or they have to do this at their house? But they, you have to be you have I to mean, pay for space sure. for your body to sure, be. Sure, but we may we may get free. there. We may we yeah. may have enough uh, universal basic income software and and. Things may things may progress to a point where there's enough wealth to stay voluntarily in whatever virtual world you want all the time and still be complying with the government. You know, we may be headed toward a, that kind of thing anyway, where there's not jobs, but society is paid for in a different way. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not predicting that, but that is certainly possible. Also, there is a movement called seasteading, which it, they don't have it yet, but you know those giant oil tankers that are on the ocean that are just these giant platforms? They're the size of cities yeah. sometimes, not quite. But if they feel like if they could get the technology bigger and better in international waters and stable, that people could go to them and create whatever environment they wanted there voluntarily outside of the jurisdiction of any uh, political force currently. Yeah. And that's kind of a libertarian dream and tech dream merged together. But you could have things where there's no FDA, medical whatever island, where all these experimental treatments are there. Or you could only you could have a white supremacist island if you wanted to. And that'd just be your ch- choice. If you build it, you live there, your laws, and that's it. You're subject to that thing. So that would be... That's not as a domestic citizen, of course, but think, you'd be leaving the country the, to do that. But certainly possible. Think of all the neat things you could do. You could, like, create a Nintendo world where right. you just hook yourself up to Nintendo World and you get to meet Donkey Kong, yeah. Yeah. like live near the princess. And right. So here we so are. Cool. Joey you said he uses your imagination. He- I said... You can... You can bonk your head on like a square and a mushroom comes out and you trip on mushrooms and you get bigger. See, You're he's back like in black, the heaven fantasy stuff, mode now. That, that's <laughs> all, see, this yep. inevitably went to one of his ditches. Yep. You could have, <laughs> let me guess, perfected Nintendo sex. Right? Yeah. You, right. you can Unlimited, meet Mike Tyson. Right. Dun, 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 All right. It, Let's take yeah. a second here. Go ahead if you want to do something otherwise. No, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I just I appreciate you thinking about technology a little bit, like even though it was uh, wild. I really appreciate you trying to join the conversation about technology and this, uh, you know, simulation world. That's pretty cool. Definitely. Well, I've had, you know, I, I have definitely shared my fair share of sex, children dying. <laughs> And, you have and no, time no one's given more to that cause those causes right i will say this though one, one thing that will happen that i don't think you're realizing the rebellion stuff will go away because life will be too good so if you're actually linked in plugged into some simulation and ai or robots are making all the food doing all the work everything you will just basically live in a heaven type world where it's just your pleasures will be met and and uh, you know if you want to do art today or something maybe you maybe you some people will be more creative and all that stuff, but it won't. It won't be like there'll. You'll be so overwhelmed, you won't rebel because it'll be so fabulous. That's a little a too way, utopic, I think. I think, Toby, and I don't think that's. I think if you think about it a little harder, your normal philosophies would kick back in and say, "We live in the easiest, best time today, and mental illness and anxiety have risen, unbelievable." So when you know your world that you voluntarily live in is fake and not real, and you really have no problems, might not your mental state become even more unstable? I don't know. I think it'll be like being on heroin and you won't care. 
You know what I mean? Like you can't get off of it. You, you, right. you even if you tried, you won't be able to get off of it, and it'll be so. But you think that's so a great, great utopia? So then we're headed right for it. Well, I'm saying no. I don't know if it's a great utopia. I just think we won't be able to. We're too addictive of a society. Like, I mean, I was looking at my phone, and it's a it is me mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. My phone's almost always in, in my it. hand. Yep. My hand now looks like my phone yep. all the time. Is that, is that I, good though? No, it's not good. But okay. what I'm saying is, I I might be too addicted to get rid of it, or society's mm-hmm. moving in such a way where how can I do? I if I slow down, am I still connected? Is is right. it good if I slow down? Right. I don't. I can't actually answer the question. Is my phone totally bad, or no, how bad right. is it? I I don't actually have data on that. It's weird. Well, it could be very dystopic then. It could be a hell yeah. of sorts that we create oh, yeah. and and can't yeah. But get I don't think you'll know. I I think. I mean, now I'm talking like the Matrix or something. But I think any. Every the, whatever ruling body will want you to be as happy as you can be, or whatever, so you just do it. But I mean, I, I it's not out of the uh, out live of forever in a world you create all the rules right, in your, any way your you health, want. You think that that they, could they, be good? They can or refresh bad, your body. You you'll just stay alive forever, and it it will just create heaven or hell in a way. And you just go, I don't want to go. Yeah, you a lot of people describe hell, that as hell though, and and. For real Christians that believe in heaven, yeah. that would be that actually would be a digital created man made hell because it would actually prevent you from ever going to the real heaven. Right. But you would love it so much you probably wouldn't know. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as right now. Do you know if this is a simulation or not? Right. You do you, not know. There's no way you could tell. And a simulation could even give you some kind of conscious and this is just a program running. Right. And and so you, there's just no way to know. So we might be already in it. Correct. Which is what's really fucking crazy. My body's laying somewhere, Ed, do I, or my head, or maybe I don't, maybe none of that. Maybe it's all digital. Well, I'm pissed at the one who, like, made the simulator. They could have done a little better. No, they couldn't. Well, this is just or product we, testing for Top 40 Radio. Yeah, that, we're just that, in this one. That's the nature of what simulations would be if we could ever create them, which is why yeah. you got to be very careful about that stuff. If you can create conscious beings and maybe not know it or have respect for it, then think of what you would use simulations for. It would be the most right. powerful thing. Think about medical testing. Uh, you know what they used to do to the Jews, the Nazis did. They did terrible. You know, if you could simulate right. stuff and do medical treatments just to do science for the real world, and you weren't aware of whether those beings were conscious or you didn't take that seriously, you w- literally will have created a hell for conscious beings. So you got to yeah. take that seriously. Have y'all have y'all ever thought that maybe God's purpose was to create beings that would eventually be able to create beings like we people say oh we're we're about to create robots we're better than god and it's like no god created the beings that did this that's even better like what if that's his goal and right when we accomplish it he's like all right time out. definitely possible that was my project all right well moving on sorry i brought it back thank you All right, well, off to Grilled. I, I got to bring a lady on, old uh, Christy old, McDonald. You can't say that to I, I say that to everybody. She's really old. Oh, so I have to say, I have to talk about he her said, differently. He meant old. She, she like is old. old. I mean, she is old, but it you said old, it in a it, bad no, way. No, it was apostrophe O-L. Yeah. Old Christy McDonald. That O-L-E. means friend. Oh, okay. That means comrade. Old from my old friend. Old Christy McDonald. So... Um, I got to get oh, into a, I got to get into a different gear because uh, my grilled sessions are a different gear. Uh, so catch up with me over there. All yeah. right, see ya. We'll we'll be over there in a second. <laughs> All right, everybody, let's take a break here real quick so I can tell you about Blue Apron. Blue Apron is absolutely incredible. Seems like they're just changing the way people eat and cook and learn how to cook, and I love it. Blue Apron delivers farm fresh ingredients and step-by-step recipes to your door. It's their mission to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. 
So the thing I like about it is I really do learn a ton anytime that we cook Blue Apron. I'm going to tell you about a couple things uh, that they have this week coming up that are great. Smoky chicken and sweet potato bake with cheesy cornbread biscuits. Hot Italian sausage pizza with roasted peppers and olives. How about home-style beef medallions and maple pan sauce with mashed potatoes and garlic sautéed kale. These things are terrific, and I learn a new cooking technique. I get my kids involved to tell them to measure this out or get that little bottle and unscrew it. This stuff comes to your door uh, in great shape. It comes in this awesome ice-packed thing, uh, and it's always a treat when it comes. It's You can cook incredible meals in as little as 20 minutes. And they, you know, let Blue Apron do the meal prep for you is the point. Dinner in as little as 20 minutes every week. At least three recipes built with your busy schedule in mind where Blue Apron has done the meal prep for you, prepared the sauces, spices, ingredients, and it's quick and easy recipe options with insanely delicious flavors. They offer a range of recipes just bursting with flavor. No joke. So these things are chef-designed recipes and restaurant quality, and you owe it to yourself to try this if you've not done it yet like so many other people have. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free. That's for free at blueapron.com slash badchristian. That's blueapron.com slash badchristian to get your first three meals free. Blue Apron, it's a better way to cook. All right, so we are here with, I don't know, Grilled Part 5, maybe Part 4, I don't know. But it is the first time we've ever had a girl on one of these things, and so we are super jazzed to have Christy McDonald. Christy, how are you doing? Doing fantastic. Nice. Did did I just get like a country twang out of your voice just now? Or are you making fun of me? <laughs> that wasn't I'm just natural. Mirroring. I'm just mirroring the... Wow. Uh, making fun of the country. Okay. Yeah. You probably have me pegged as a racist and Trump supporter and all that. All right. So before we proceed, I do need to make sure there is a clear understanding, Christy. Uh, I don't know if you knew that I was a pastor. And uh, it is extremely important for me to make sure you know that I'm married and there is nothing to this. Like, I am I am interviewing you, uh, but I don't have any interest in you romantically. <laughs> oh, you're okay. I just wanted you... You're just, serious. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure you knew that. Okay, yeah. Because I, I don't feel comfortable with this if that's not clearly put out there okay all right so no feelings for me i we're neutral okay cool cool all right well there's a lot of stuff going in the news uh women are feeling more empowered that's good that is definitely a good thing i'm psyched about the empowerment of women so we're going to talk about this sort of oh gosh i don't the girly stuff and we respect you and find you actually very very intellectual, um, I mean, especially for a woman and all. So I'd love to talk to you about this sort of stuff. So, Girly uh, stuff. What's that? Girly stuff. Well, I'm sorry, Wom- womenly stuff. Womenly okay. stuff? Okay, okay. Ouch, okay, a little sensitivity here. All right, but when you, let, let me, hmm, let's see how I want to start the foundation. Uh, I, I got a good foundation here. When did you know that your husband, uh, Matt McDonald, uh, when did you know that his life and vision was worth you joining and supporting and kind of being behind the scenes in? 
Um, well, I don't really see it that way exactly. I kind of think that um, Matt and I both see things as kind of an equal playing field and we're kind of coming alongside each other, supporting each other and what we want to do in okay. all kind of arenas of life. Okay, note to self. Reva, tell me when the interviewee is not a sister in the board. <laughs> Um, and and that's the, no offense. I just need to know these things going into it because I feel a little ill prepared. I thought we were going to have like a Christian conversation, so I am sorry. I didn't really even I didn't mean for you to hear that, and then I realized. So I just needed to be prepared for an unbeliever. Okay. Now I have to throw out a bunch of my questions, and uh, let's see where do I start. So, uh, wait, weren't you gonna um? Were you going to send me the questions before we did this interview? I was kind of like hoping to know what we were going to be going over. Yeah, I sent you some stuff, but now I have to change it all. You, uh, like, for example, the, I can't ask you, is it hard to dress modestly, making sure guys don't stumble? Would you ever teach women without male headship present? Does McDonald prefer you with or without makeup? Like, I can't really ask you these questions because... I'm not really talking to someone that sees faith in the same way that I do. Okay. Well, uh, I can actually answer a couple of those just fine. You still want to go through them as an unbeliever. Okay. Is yeah. So that's why I'm wearing this, um, head covering. That's for my (laughs) modesty. Are you being serious? That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That gum. That's cool. Okay. What was your second question? Um, would you ever teach women without male headship present? Doesn't have to be your husband. It can be the neighbor's kid, um, your uncle, a a pastor, whoever, as long as it's a male, like you, you understand that, right? I mean, I think, I think most unbelievers even operate off of that (laughs) mindset. Yeah, I get it. I always, uh, I always bring a man to mansplain along with me. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, are you like toying with me here or I'm, I'm just, I guess I'm really impressed. Like I'm, I'm actually even a little touched, a little choked up. Like, my gosh, God can do something with like pagans. Um, so, oh yeah. The last one, does McDonald prefer you with makeup? Um, I'm not going to woman explain that on his behalf. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, you look very nice. You look very nice. Well, I like I like how well, your hair falls on your shoulders. It's very nice. Uh, all right, so um, you know, I I want to talk about your music career. I guess um, just a little bit about music. I don't think that we can get much more out of you. No offense, just but kind of your background and everything as far as a woman's role and how she needs to adorn herself and not adorn herself and all of that. But uh, when you're on the road with the vocal few or classic crime or or whoever, uh, is it hard having all of the responsibilities of the kids on you? Because I know that Christy and Matt McDonald, they're notorious for their vocal few uh, outings. They basically take the kids with them. So is it hard for you to do all this music stuff? Cause you're supporting your husband and his musical endeavor. And at the same time, behind the scenes, you are changing diapers and, and feeding and taking a list for things that their dad needs to talk to them about. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Uh, uh, somebody tickled me. <laughs> sorry. Uh, that's what the nanny's for. So. Oh, gotcha. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. vocal few makes a lot of money. Yeah, we're rolling in it. Okay. Awesome. Um, do you ever think about how maybe God didn't really want you to give up that role to a nanny? It just seems like maybe that you were made to take care of the kids a little bit. I mean, I don't read the Bible or believe in good stuff, but like, wouldn't that make sense just for the mom to be the mom? <laughs> um. Yeah, I think I can be a mom and have a nanny some of the time. Okay. Okay. Maybe you should get also. Never mind. I'm never mind. All right. So uh, let's see. Uh, let's stay with vocal few here. When you get super passionate about a lyric, but you're not able to uh, man up the strength in your lungs to convey it because you have smaller lungs, being a, wim a woman, like. Is that frustrating? Um, <laughs> I can't say that I really struggle with that. I just uh, kind of sing my lungs out. Oh, wow. And I don't really need, like, um, male lungs. No, I understand to, that. Just shout. Okay, well, I, let, me, let me say the question a different way. Is it frustrating after you sing a line then you hear your husband sing his line, and you're like, damn, I mean, dang it. I'd love to have that sort of depth and volume in my voice. Is it frustrating? Who's uh, the unbeliever now? What? Who's the unbeliever now when you're saying things like, damn it? On oh, yeah, I know. I know. It definitely shows Christians are not perfect. They're just forgiven. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, well, tell I tell you what I will uh, ask one more question. What what is the most significant driving force for you to uh, complement your husband's uh, dreams and uh, have your little role in his band? Um, I mean, like, if you really want me to, I can actually explain like what it is that I'm passionate about in singing with my husband and why basically what I, I was asking as a partnership together. I mean, Pardon. you're kind of like framing it this one way, but we really are passionate about music together and about the goal of kind of living simply and yeah. traveling light. And, um, we just really enjoy singing together and doing it as a team. Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. Really? You know what? This has been a pretty cool talk. Um, I want you to please thank Matt McDonald for letting us do this with you. And I am sure he probably just heard me say that because knowing the type of character Matt is, he was in the room to make sure everything went accordingly. And I will just tell you, Sport, you did a great, great job. <laughs> were we not going to talk about the or actually our music or our album or anything please do well matt and i feel super proud of this record that we just released called the grand prey ep we spent um a whole year living in grand prey nova scotia what yes and that's we pretty cool i like y'all's music a lot there. i'm not gonna lie yeah name one song 
Um, I like that uh, song on the album with you and Matt in that tent at night. The first song is my favorite one on there, but I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know names of songs. Oh my God. It's called The Dream Alive. Dream Alive. And for for people that are familiar with your music, do you see any significant deviation or kind of the same old, same old? And if you say same old, same old, I mean that in a good way. And I'm sure you yeah. do too. Everybody would have loved a Jimmy Eat World Clarity Part 2 and we never got it. So same we old, same did. old is a good thing. Um, Is it I that think folky, that we, happy sound? It's a, it's a more mature, folky, happy, and other things kind of sound. I feel like we've grown a little. Yeah, for sure. Love the instrumentation and all of that stuff. Hats yeah. off to Matt and his team for putting that album together. Where can people go and snag that? Like, what's the best place for him to get it? All the internet places. Stream us. It's helpful. Spotify. Sweet. Apple Music. And uh, we do have it on Bandcamp. Actually, we just released vinyl. Whoa! Website and Toby Morell is individually packaging them up and sending That's right. them I out. I saw so a picture of him. Buy some and hound him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Kristen McDonald, folks, good job. Thank you for being the first woman ever on Grilled with Joey, and you survived. Thank you. Happy to be here. All I know is to try. All I hope is to see. All I want is to trust, I just gotta believe Gravity keeping me down, this is setting me free So much more than before, got me thinking So how do I get back home, get back home, get back home Whether or not I belong, it's my song Get back home, yes sir Yes, 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 it's only the Yes, 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 it's only the Alright folks, you're listening to The Overview, the newest single from can you believe it? We're hearing a new single from May. How cool is that? The Overview is the newest single from their brand new upcoming album, Multi-Sensory Aesthetic Experience. Wow, that's something to say. Man. I love it. Which comes out November 30th. May is an all-time legendary band. That's true. I really do believe that. And if you ever love their work, the new album is going to blow you away. Their first record in years does not disappoint. Head over to Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you stream or buy music and listen to the overview in full right now. Also on Spotify and Apple Music, make sure to follow May's profile so you don't miss any new music that's on its way. You can also pre-order the record now on iTunes or head over to the band's website, whatismay, that's M-A-E, you knew that, dot com, whatismay.com, and check out all the various pre-order bundles they have. Multi-sensory aesthetic experience, which if you do the, what is the letter? M-A-E. It spells May. Isn't that cool? It comes out November 30th. May's new record, November 30th, and it will be amazing. You will love it. Joey, that grilled. My God. Be careful. You, Be careful. If you jump on my side, people are going to hang you, man. I, well, I'm just telling you, I'm impressed with how, how much you grill. Okay. It is, I mean, I would be too scared to grill that much, and you have done it. Now, yeah. my next question is, are you going to be able to grill our next guest? Because, I mean, this is a big time. This is 
multi it, it intimidate me. Multi platinum, millions of records that means sold. Nothing to me. Some of the you know one of the biggest bands, means one of the biggest, maybe one of the most successful bands in the last decade. I don't care. John Cooper from Skillet. Oh, you're scared. Shit. You're shaking in your boots. I, you didn't say Skillet. <laughs> I did not know Skillet. All right, let's bring him on here. Where you at right now, man? I'm at home. I know, but what city? Yeah. Oh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Ooh. Oh, you a Packer fan? Oh, yeah, of course. I, oh, you have to be. We, all three of us. I see yeah, uh, I Packers. see his hat, so I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got this my, hat uh, in... I got this hat in 1998. Very proud of this hat. Yeah, that's Very awesome. Very proud of this hat. That's, <laughs> that's the year we lost the Super Bowl. Yep. <laughs> right. Yep. yep. Very true. Very true. That's Is that where you're from, Wisconsin? No, that's where my wife Corey's from. Uh, I married into Wisconsin. I'm from Memphis. Gotcha. But I've gotcha. lived here for 20 or 18 years or something, so. Pretty sweet, man. Pretty sweet. Yeah. That's funny how marriage takes you to places like that. I, I always like. I ended up in Missouri. My wife's from Missouri, and now, and but luckily, I made her not like it, and so we left because I didn't care about being <laughs> in Missouri. But you, you like Wisconsin. I, I think Wisconsin's one of the best states. Just like oh, yeah, geography, the Dells, uh, the cities are all good. The people are nice. I love it. Right. Yeah, I love living here. It's cold, but what are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, it's cold in other places anyway. All right, well, John. <laughs> we're, 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 I'm sure. Are you doing a lot of press right now? Is this like the, the yeah. going around? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is good. I love I love press. I don't mind. Yeah, it's always stacked, you know? Yeah. yeah. And all done. Yeah, yeah for sure. Totally. Did you, uh, with, uh, with music and your career and everything, has there been like a, a lull or you've just been full speed ever since back in the day? Yeah, full speed. For, for 22 years, you know, That's it's crazy. been kind of crazy. I guess there was actually about a 10 month period when we had our first uh, a child that we we still played, but we didn't play as much. And um, my wife and I kind of um, kind of took over a little bit of well, we, we took over the youth ministry job at our church for about eight months, but we were still playing about two shows a month. So full speed it was the only time yeah. we ever took any, any like long period of time easy. <laughs> so we, yeah, we, we tease, we tease Emery about this a little bit, how they yeah, missed. That is, you don't know who Emery Matt, is? The other guy of course. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, we're in a band. Okay. Too. <laughs> gotcha. Sorry. So basically, uh, they, they kind of regret the fact they should have stopped at some point just for two years so they can have a reunion tour and a reunion <laughs> CD because everybody's making bank on that stuff. Yeah, man. all these bands, like if, if, if Skillet were to stop right now and say we're done and then a year from now, it would just slay if y'all came That's back. Funny. I see all, all these bands are doing this. We are... We, we just kept working. We like being in the band and worked it out with our schedule. It's kind of the same way. We, you know, we all... We all started having kids, and so we ended up touring less. Though we, it definitely does change it. Do you, what do y'all do with your kids? Y'all bring them on the road, or how do you work that? Because both you and your wife are in the band. Yeah, we've always had our kids on the road, but because of that, you know, yeah. we're both in the group, so there's no way to not. So they they grew up traveling on the road and the whole That's thing. Cool. Yeah, I think stuff like that is so cool because it's a it's a different way to see the world and to learn about the world. I, I, we're real big on. Uh, alternative everything. Like there isn't a, a single answer really for education or life or upbringing or anything. So the fact that they get to do that, they get to see the world in a way that most people never will. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah, it is cool. Sure. 
So, but that wasn't enough. And now you started fight the fury. You needed even more to do, right? That's, yeah, exactly. I don't know why. <laughs> Did, was it just like your wife's in this man? You're like, I got to get away from you. Y'all cheer too much together. <laughs> he doesn't admit that if it's true. Right, right. You can't say that. <laughs> she told me, she's like, please start another band that I don't have to be in. Yeah. It was her, 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 her thing, not mine. No, um, you know, about five years ago, I, I liked the idea. I, I thought I would really like to do another band, um, something that is a little bit more just, um, I don't mean my own, because Skillet is me and Corey's, um, not apart from her, but apart yeah. from what this business has become, which right. uh, which I'm grateful for. I mean, Skillet's got a great career, and I'm thankful for it, love it, uh, wouldn't have it any other way. But there is something that I miss about when I used to be able to just write my write all my own music, make it myself. I don't have to change any lyrics. I don't have to listen to any other voices. And right. uh, all those voices have helped me have a really good career. So I'm not really complaining about it, but it's not always fun, you know, getting constantly people saying, oh, that lyric is uh, not Christian enough. That lyric is too right. Christian. It's too heavy. It's not heavy enough. It's not yeah. rocking it, it constantly. And so for every record skill it makes, we write somewhere between 50 and 70 songs for, for a record. And, no and way. We, oh, really? Yeah we, yeah, we demo all of them. There's so many people involved in these records because they're spending so much money on it because it's right. been successful. And yeah. uh, they're like, well, if the last one, if the last one sold a million, the next one needs to sell two million. And, right, right, and right, then, right. And then, uh, you know, Awake did about 2 million records. And then the next one only does, you know, 700,000. So it's a real big failure, you know? <laughs> that, that, that's so yeah. hilarious. <laughs> 700,000 is a failure. Like, that's like literally the 1% of the 1%. I, of I, I, honestly, it's been so crazy. So I wanted to be able to do something that I could just kind of write music for and it be my own. Something really heavy where yeah. I don't have to worry about the pop side. I don't have to worry about so much on uh, it being too dark or too heavy right. or too unconventional and on the song structure yeah. and things like that. So that hey, was well, the excitement. Yeah, real quick, why don't we play a clip so people can kind of conceptualize the the stylistic difference between this and, and Skillet. Sure. I go to sleep with my demons creeping my head every night. They come to shred all my dreams and I'm
that's, that's, that's heavy stuff. Yeah, I know it is. Have heavy. you already? Have you always listened to that music while you were doing Skillet? I'm sure. I mean, you were listening. Oh, to yeah. Zayo yeah. and all that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, mainly it was like old school metal, and, yeah. and even um, I'm a big fan of '90s metal. Yeah. Uh, which I, I was not a big fan of '90s music, but I was a big fan of '90s metal. Uh, you know, corn and the industrial stuff I liked, uh, Marilyn Manson and zombie and all that. Um, and then towards the 2000s, as well, uh, bands like that, Metallica, Maiden, those were what I cut my teeth on. And you know, you can hear that stuff in Skillet's music, especially in certain uh eras of Skillet. Like yeah. the the Collide record, which is in two thousand three, mm-hmm. um, even our very first album we ever released was uh, just a heavier record. But um, I think in some ways it is a little bit like going back to my roots. Even though I think that Fight the Fury is a little bit heavier than anything we've we've done with Skillet. Now that's that's interesting. You mentioned yeah, you mentioned like lyrical content and how like did you not feel complete freedom to get dark with Skillet? Like maybe that wasn't the original intent of Skillet to be dark, so you just didn't want to go there. I don't think that's the way to say it because a lot of people said that our first record was our darkest record. You know, yeah. I think that because you know when you're a band for twenty years, um, unless you're lucky enough to like. <laughs> create the wheel like Metallica or right. Aerosmith, you know, ACDC, those bands don't need to change with the times. In fact, we hope they don't, you know, right. nobody wants to hear a new sounding ACDC record. Exactly. Uh, right. It's supposed to sound like ACDC, but if you're not lucky enough to be one of those bands, then you are kind of, you're changing with the times. You're, 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 uh, you're being off, but you're willing to try new stuff. And I yep. think that's what that's what Skillet done. And over the 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 you know few years, Skillet's just got such a wide audience from religious people to very churched people to atheist atheistic people to spiritual people who are agnostic, but they 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 believe in spiritualism and things like that. So I think trying to write lyrics that reach an, an extremely broad group of people. Sure. You, I, I haven't wanted to be as niche as maybe I was in the beginning, and I think that was good decisions. But sometimes I'll feel like I write something that I don't think is too dark. But maybe, you know, when you take a skill a song like "Stars," and then you take a song like "My Demons" from "Fight the Fury," those don't belong on the same record. I think they kind of right. they they both illegitimize the other. You know, uh, "Stars" makes "My Demons" feel not not really like a metal band. My demons make stars not really feel like a Christian song. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, that, that's that's interesting. I'm sure you guys have like you. Uh, well, what I was what I was going to say is, I, I think you're you're right in a way. Like the same thing for me. Like my favorite band ever is Weezer. I don't want a different kind of Weezer. You know what I mean? Like right. I, I I want I, I love it if they did everything Pinkerton forever. Uh, you know, but so I I in a way think you're respecting your band and go, this is what Skillet is. Like, I, I appreciate that too. This is what we are. And I want to honor that, honor our fans that got us here, all of that stuff. And that's, what's really cool is you can also be yourself and express all those other stuff and, and fight the fury. I think that that is yeah. a, honestly, I think that's a way to honor the music and the fans and the bands and all of that stuff. Some people always, do you, do you ever get frustrated? Like, I don't, I don't ever really like the term side project, though. Because, like, what, what does that even mean? Like, this is your band. Fight the Fury is your band. I, I know skill is your – it's not a – Fight the Fury isn't a side hustle for you, right? right, it, it, right. It's, like, it's like a real way. Do you think, like, uh, 
I, I liked what you were saying. Sometimes there's so many voices, even with us. Like we got off our label, Tooth and Nail, a few years ago, which we love the label, and we're still friends with them, work with them on podcasts and all kinds of stuff. But uh, it's really nice making our own music DIY because we got to step out of, well, we're not on a label anymore, so we get to have a little bit more freedom. You're, if we want to write a song this way, we can, and, and that's on us. And right. we, we're the same way. You know, we kind of always been in the middle of either too Christian for some, not Christian enough for others. What are you actually saying here? Or do you, you know, people, even on our new album, people are questioning, are you guys Christians? Or, 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 and I'm just like, man, you can jump. It, it's crazy when you create something and, and people can uh, just immediately go to something so personal as even your faith and attack that or whatever. Do you, as, being a skillet, I'm sure mm-hmm. y'all have come across that a ton, right? Like, are do y'all get frustrated sure. with being too Christian or not Christian enough, just fan wise? And not 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 including the sixty year old women that just don't like those demonic tattoos. You right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, I mean, that certainly exists. I, I usually don't mind that much because people sometimes just want they want to know what to define something as. So yeah. they they need to just know, like for instance, saying that Fight the Fury is a side project gives the skillet fans peace of mind that i'm not quitting skillet right so so it's a little bit like it doesn't really matter what if i think it's as legitimate as skillet or as important what i'm saying is is skillet's not going anywhere right i think think the christian thing is like that people have been asking so is fight the fury christian is it christian or not and um i've been saying in interviews been trying to be really clear because i know the fans just want what the fans want to know is this have I decided to sell out my Christian faith? You know, right. and the answer is absolutely not. I would never sell out my Christian faith. It's more important than anything, it's much less a rock music career or a, much less a niche rock music career yeah. at that. So I always tell people one's got nothing to do with the other. Um, uh, uh, Fight the Fury is just a metal band. It's something I, I do for fun, but it's yeah. legitimate to me. I would like it to be serious. Um uh, but it's, it's it's a kind of animal. I think the intent is a little bit different. Skillet, the intent uh, was, of course, making good art, I hope, great music that I believe in. But the intent of Skillet is to tell people about Jesus through the music, whether yeah. that's in a loud way or whether that's in a quiet way, subtle way or a poetic way or our lifestyles on stage and off stage. But the intent was to, to share the gospel with the, through the music. A Fight the Fury, the intent is to make cool metal. And I still sing about what I believe in. There's spiritual songs. They're yeah. certainly about my faith. And I, and, I do, and I do talk about what those songs mean, whether it's a mainstream interview or a Christian interview. But yeah. the intent is slightly different. So I usually don't mind that people get like that. Like, like you mentioned, there's going to be the, the, the six-year-old people, you might say. Of course, these days, Skilla has a lot of six-year-old fans, so I can't hate on that. But there's yeah. a certain group of people that's going to hate it no matter what, just because of the way you look right? or, sure. or my, you know, my voice or, or yeah, yeah. whatever that may be. It's, it's funny. I was, I was going to ask you, too. I think I know the answer to this, but like, did, how is it with touring with uh, secular bands? I put my finger quotation marks around that. Uh, do they – do they ever get weirded out by you guys saying we are a band that like skillet? We are a band that's trying to share the gospel of, of Jesus. Like, did they, did they not want to? My guess is they probably did until they saw how many millions of records you sold. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I, out of it for sure. Um, I, well, I think I've had awesome relationships, you know, um, 
One of the people I've really respected was Corey Taylor from Slipknot. Yeah. Uh, Skillet toured with Stone Sour, not, not with Slipknot. And, um, you know, he treated us with such respect. He's kind of like, I don't care what you believe. You music that I like, and you, you should be able to, to say whatever you want to say in your songs. And, of course, we get well, we have to give him that respect because he's bigger than we are, but we would give him that respect no matter who it was. And right. that is, those kind of things have had great relationships. Um, now, not everyone is open to doing that. There are some bands that have said, uh, we, don't, we don't want a Christian band out here. We don't like what they're about. That's happened a few times, but for the most part, people are very open-minded. Shine Down, Great Friends, Papa Roach, uh, Nickelback, um, just so, hailstorm, so many great people that, you know, I think maybe if Skillet got on stage and we started doing an altar call, I think that'd be a different story. Right. But we're letting the music speak for itself. I And I get a chance to talk about my faith in interviews, you know, even with those bands. And yeah. and I don't shy away from that because it, they say, what's the song Hero about? And and I say, oh, song Hero is about that we're all looking for, for someone to help us through hard times in life, to give us hope. And my hero is Jesus Christ. He gave me a uh, a reason to live. He gave me hope when I had no hope and he gave me a new life. And those, those bands usually don't mind that because it's the story. You know, I'm not right. preaching. I'm just sharing my story. Hey, thinking, thinking through a lot of your peers back in the late nineties and, and early days of skillet. Do yeah. you find, do you, do you think that you're in the minority as far as still having your faith? Cause it seems, especially with Matt and Toby's point of view and them still being in the music industry, it seems kind of rare for people that were Christians back then to still be Christians now. Uh, do you mean like Christian, Christian bands? Is that what you mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, like, sorry. It, it cut out for one second. And I just gotcha. didn't hear one thing that you said. <laughs> well, well not, not necessarily going from a Christian band to a non-Christian band, but people actually losing their faith and not believing anymore. I see. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up listening to Christian music. This is a long answer, as short as I can. Um, mm -hmm. I love Christian music. I grew up listening to Striper and Petra and Hell White yeah, Cross. Too. and <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, and Baron Cross and Neon Cross. There's a bunch of Cross bands. <laughs> no one ever talks about Baron Cross. They were my number one. My Hell number yeah, one man. Christian metal band. Oh my gosh, I love me some Baron Cross. Rock for the King, uh, man. That was their first oh, album. We will. Da, 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 da. Um, Mike Lee, the singer, came to a, a skillet show in Switzerland. I got a call from uh, the promoter. was like, hey, somebody called uh, Mike Lee says he wants to come say hi to you. And I was like, from, was he in a band called Baron Cross? He's like, I don't know. Let me find out. Holy crap. It was awesome. Anyway. Um, hey, real quick, before you proceed, I got to know, did you listen to Saint? Yep. yep. Too oh, late yeah. for living. Right there, baby. Life is right. gone. I know I crossed the center how about, line. How about, hey, how about this? Primed and ready. <laughs> the end of time is near. Oh, my gosh. You want to know what's true? Here's the thing. My, my parents wouldn't let me listen to any rock, not even Christian rock, right? And because they believed it was the devil's music. And I compared to a few Christian artists. Finally, after fighting and fighting, uh, Petra and Michael W. Smith. And yeah. <laughs> um, I started bringing home Christian metal. And this is a true story. My mom would always walk into the room on like the scariest Christian lyric. And, and, and the one, every time I, it happened like four times. 
And one of them was saved. Remember when it's like, I am the false prophet. And the my mom's like, oh my gosh, he's like casting demons out and everything else. I was like, no, it's not about that. It's not. And uh, oh my. And then the other time was on uh, uh, Killers of the Unborn by Baron Cross. Yes. She, my mom walks in and it's like, um, oh my gosh. Um, I'm a child about to die. My mother doesn't hear my cry. No. My, my mom's like, turn the satanic music off. And, and, and now I get I get to bask in the pleasure of knowing that now I get to be that artist for some reason. Hey, my, my dad, my dad walked into me listening to a band called Mad at the World. And they had oh, a song. Yeah. And they had a song called uh, "Is It Sex?" I know it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it was talking about marital world. sex. And my dad walked in. He's just like, "They're just saying that in the chorus." I, I know they're talking about marital sex, but they're trying to make it sound like they're just talking about sex in general. <laughs> I'm a little offended. I was like, "Dad, no, they're not. They're talking oh. marital sex." <laughs> oh my gosh! Yep, you throw throw away a wedding ring. There there you go. Go. Yeah, that was pretty controversial for yeah. sure. All right, you and I are starting a podcast on old <laughs> Christian metal fans. I know we're 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 going back. I like you more now, but you know, um, so you're going to know exactly what I mean when I say this. That all the people like us that were listening to these Christian metal bands, we felt that Christian metal was awesome, and and everybody said it sucked, but they never really heard it. And if they heard it, they know it was awesome. And so for people like us, I'm assuming you you felt the same was. When we heard that a band was crossing over, Jars of Clay or Sixpence on the Richer or Chevelle or who at DC Talk, we were all like 100% behind them. And I'm not, I don't want anybody listening to think I'm, I'm – I just named those bands hypothetically because I'm, yep. I'm not talking about any of those bands in particular. But when you would see a band cross over and then act like they were never a Christian band – never talk about Jesus again, embarrassed of the market, embarrassed. It, it became, it was really hurtful. It was hurtful as a fan for me. Yeah. And I would feel like, how are these guys embarrassed of Jesus? This is, um, this, is the, this is the antithesis of why we do Christian music. And it would bum me out as a fan. So when Skillet was crossing over, I just said, you know, Lord, I am never, I, I'm never going to forget my faith. I'm never going to not talk about Jesus I'm going to go the opposite way. And when people ask me, are you guys really a Christian band? I'm not just going to say yes. I'm going to say, absolutely. I love Christian music, proud of where I came from. Because I saw so many of uh, people that I was rooting for, I feel really just just drop the mic, you know, just yeah. drop it when they shouldn't have. And and I don't want anybody to, to, to think I'm talking about those particular bands I mentioned. I, I'm not necessarily doing that at all. So for me, it was all about evangelism. Life is about evangelism. It's about sharing your faith to people that are hurting and standing up for what you believe in. And to me, getting to do that with music is, uh, but I think it is, I think playing music, being able to sing, I just mean as a human being, yeah. is one of the biggest privileges we have as God's creation. He didn't have to give us the ability to create. Uh, the ability to worship with our voices. So it's such a huge honor that I, I just, I, I don't want to step on that in any sort of a way. Mm-hmm. John, one thing that we uh, talk about a lot on this podcast and we've done chronicled over 400 episodes is our deconstruction, which is the phase we've been in, even though that's not our favorite term for it or anything like that. 
Uh, and it's kind of to Joey's question before, a lot of the people that we've been parallel with in the music industry have completely changed their views. And some of them stay Christian. Some of them go beyond to where they just say, renounce Christianity and everything in the spectrum in between. And I'm curious, yeah. over the years, you've been doing this so long, what are the types of things, um, if you've had controversy in that world or been public about things in your faith that you you know used to believe that you now don't anymore, has that been some kind of journey you've had publicly or privately? I can't think of anything that, that, that I did believe that I don't anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, the only thing I could relate to in that, and I, I think this would be pertinent to what you're, you're asking, is there was definitely a shift for me on what it meant to do evangelism through music mm-hmm. for me. And it used to mean for me that you had to do an altar call at every concert or else you weren't being true to your faith. Yeah. It used to mean that every song needed to be clear. It was talking about Jesus and not possible. It could be talking about anyone else. Um, otherwise it was lukewarm. And I'll tell you when that changed, this might be an interesting story for you guys or, or, or maybe well, when I, it was 2001, Skillet had a record out called Alien Youth. It was very much like a Christian album. We talked about Jesus all through the record. And I went to a youth meeting. That was when I was becoming a youth minister for my church while we were getting pregnant with my, my daughter. And I had taken uh, some of our youth to a citywide youth gathering. And at that youth gathering, uh, some of the kids did a, uh, what do you call it? A human video. You, you know what a human video is where they play music and they do like a, they do like hand motions to it or something like that. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, see yeah. It, yep. you see it at church youth groups a lot. Well, they did a human video and, and I was about, I was thinking to myself, wouldn't that be really cool if they used a skillet song? Cause they always use DC talk or audio adrenaline or somebody that actually mattered, not skillet. And I was thinking that'd be really cool if they use a skillet song. <laughs> and guess what? They didn't use skillet. And they didn't use DC Talk or Audio Drilling. They used Linkin Park. And I was <laughs> like, what is going on? And all these kids are crying. And that is when God spoke to me at that meeting. In my heart, I realized that Linkin Park was singing more of things that these kids could relate to, mm-hmm. these Christian kids, than, than I was. And I realized that when all I talk about is, is, is Jesus, 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 that a lot of these people don't really know what I mean because they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. So they can't relate. And I said, Lord, I want to do evangelism. That has never changed. But what changed was how do we do evangelism? So if we're doing Jesus, Jesus, Jesus songs that we are singing to Christian people only, and how do I do yeah. that in a way that is broader? So uh, my heart hasn't changed, but I think the method changed. That's interesting. That's I think, you know, I think I have a lot of respect for people that, especially in today's climate, can hold views that they, that they you know, whatever somebody believes is right and the way they look at the Bible and read it, interpret it, as long as they're consistent and as long as they believe um, for a true reason and not for social pressure or other things like that, I can respect that. I think there's lots of ways to read it. Uh, but I right. would say that you, you may be then in the, in the minority, for sure, of people who haven't shifted on some things like I, you know the Michael Gunger got in trouble at some point had a controversy for thinking that Genesis was more uh, metaphorical than literal and that causes a big fallout and yeah. uh, about, you've not had any shifts in anything like that at all or, or how about how um, about homosexual and gay affirmation stuff like that you haven't moved at all since the right. 90s on that I have not moved 
on very much that I know of. And I've, I love theology in general, and I love Bible study, and I have since I was, uh, well, quite young, especially in college. And so um, I have gotten deeper in those things. I would say that some of the stuff I think has broadened a lot. One of the reasons people get in trouble, as you, as you would say, mm-hmm. is because sometimes they tend to share things. In other words, I don't share a lot of what I think because why I'm still running a business. Why fight about things that could hurt? It's mm-hmm. kind of like the reason I don't share my political views. I have a lot of political views, but I don't talk about them because to me, it's not an essential. Yeah. And the things I know that I need to be clear about is my faith in Christ. That's an essential to me mm-hmm. um, and, and to what I feel like I'm supposed to do. I some things I don't mind talking about because they're not things that we should be fighting about. Mm-hmm. We should have grace for, as you, I think, kind of alluded to, would be things like my understanding of Calvinism and, and the sovereignty of God. I, I was raised Southern Baptist, and I was a very strict Arminianist uh, until college, in which I first heard of Calvinism for the first time, got angry about it, like a lot of people do. And I kind of swallowed the pill, and I started seeing it, and I would say in the last... 10 years, I've become a very staunch believer in Calvinism and the sovereignty of God. And those things I talk about because I don't think it's things that we, to me, that is not an essential of the faith. We should be able to talk about it and go, hey, same Jesus, same team. Uh, We just understand some of these things a little different. But I don't like to talk about controversial stuff because people get upset. And to me, it's kind of like not really what it's about for, for what God's called me to do. Yeah, I totally respect that, uh, too, especially running a business and keeping, you know, being consistent and doing the, the most good that you see that you can from that point of view. I think it's int- we kind of take the opposite point of view and we almost lean into controversy and make, probably make that our brand, I suppose, of being, you know, genuine about that and, and making it public. But I really find it interesting um, from that point of view to think about it as uh, you think it is important to not cause any controversy for your business, for instance? I believe that's for my business. Now, I personally believe that in church that we should be clear about what we believe, you know? So let's just say that I'm a pastor, I'm an Mm -hmm. elder of a church, I'm on a leadership team of that church. I think that you coming to, 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 uh, you know, our family or whatever you want to call it, I think that you need to kind of know what we stand for. And, And let's just say that is that, that, I can't even let's say that it's that, that Mary wasn't really a Mm -hmm. uh, so that that Jesus was actually created by God. That would be something that you would probably need to know coming in. So you go, Hey, I'm not sure if we're really in agreement for that, but there would be things like, you know, even if I, me, if my elder at my church said, Hey, I'm not sure Genesis is literal, but I'm not sure that's something that would make me be like, I'm out of here. You know what I mean? Or vice versa. Um, so I think it's great to be clear about who we are. And one of the things that I don't love about where Christianity is going, and here, here's your controversy you're looking for. Um, <laughs> here it comes. Um, uh, uh, is, uh, I don't love about what I would call Christianity amongst young people, <clears throat> millennials especially, I don't love – the gray areas that millennials are in. Mm-hmm. And and let me give you an example. Let's just say that me and you went out to get coffee and you said something really controversial. I don't believe, I'm only saying this Genesis thing because you just brought it right, up, okay? Right. I yeah. don't believe the Genesis, but I don't believe that Mary was really a virgin. 
Um, I believe that women can be apostles and, and, and pastors. As long as you believe that based on the word of God, mm-hmm. then I feel great about that. Um, if you feel good about that because it just feels right to you, then as a fellow believer, as a friend, I'm fine with that. As a fellow believer, I would challenge it. I would say everything we believe needs to be set on the, the principles of who God is from his word. And I think if we're arguing from it from a biblical standpoint, then that's a really wonderful thing because there's no better way to know Jesus than through the Bible. Mm-hmm. But what I see a lot of young people doing is saying things like, for instance, uh, I think that what women are equal to men, so they should be able to become pastors. They can become president, but they can't become a pastor. That's ridiculous. That is not a biblical argument. That's just an emotional one, and that's a, uh, a cultural argument. So as a friend, I don't have any issues with that. But from a biblical perspective, I would challenge all of us, my son, to dig deeper. So. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it, it's interesting, too, because I feel, I feel like what's going to happen in the church is eventually— like, I, I actually think that how we read the Bible should be—this is going to be offensive to you, my friend. <laughs> I think how we read the Bible actually should be on the table of non-essential just because I don't understand how it can't be. Like, I don't understand how— someone gets to say, this is how you read the Bible. And I I really do think that is going to be one of the most dividing factors in the church are people that read the Bible in a more inerrant way and then people that read it in a way of more mystery and all that. But yeah, I I totally... I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Let me me answer what I think about that. I think that that culture has become very, uh, let me say it's when I was growing up, I'm 42. When I was growing up, actually, I might be 43. I can't remember, but you get the point. <laughs> we know the feeling. Yeah, Either way, you look so good. I'm 42, and I look nothing like you. Uh, yeah, I no, look I 42. I, I swear I thought you were 32. Uh, well, good. I like you. Um, <laughs> you know, I think when I was growing up, my generation didn't look at something like this, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we would have never said, I went to the doctor for these bumps I have on my face, and the doctor's telling me it's measles, but I just don't think it is. So I've been looking up on the internet, and I got to say, I think it's this and this and this. That is what's happening today in culture in general. Everyone thinks they're a genius, and everyone thinks their voice should be heard. And while I think that you should be heard as a human, you know, you you being a 15-year-old kid doesn't mean that you're as smart as the doctor you're going to. He may, in fact, be wrong, but I think there's a measure of humility and a measure of um, building upon foundations that have already been set that our culture doesn't have today. And that's why, that's what I'm nervous about, about the church, about what you just said. I do think that it's all on the table because people are like, hey, you think this, but I, I kind of do it like this. Yeah. I think it's I think that it's important for us to build upon the saints of the last 2000 years. I think that's a really good thing to do. And if I ever find myself disagreeing with uh you know John Calvin and Martin Luther and Charles Hodges and that list goes on and on, if I find myself disagreeing with all those people, I start going, "Huh, let me do some more reading because mm-hmm. it could be that they studied the word in a way that I don't understand." Well, there's yeah, certainly I'll, social I'll, issues I'll go, that you disagree with those people on, though. Just, you know, over time, things do change to some degree. I don't, we don't have to even bring them up. Right. But, but certainly, yeah. in some ways, 
You can't. I think where I align with you is very, and I I mean this sincerely, when somebody's bold enough to have the point of view they have that is reasoned and rational to them, for them, I completely respect that, no matter what you think about gay people, whatever. Don't. I actually think that's totally respectable. I think where you and I differ probably is on the nature and the de- degree with which, with the amount of weight to give to authority itself versus you know independent current thought, which I completely acknowledge. Same as you, there's so many religious things out there today that are not Christian. They're social justice religions and all this other kind of stuff is very much religious. Uh, authority-based mm-hmm. stuff. So I have the same worry, but from a slightly different point of view, and that is people, um, emotional reasoning is terrible for these types of topics. And there's a lot of people mm-hmm. that are being pulled in every manner of direction because of how it feels in the climate. So yeah, I think let, that's where but, we're on the same page. But let's let's not forget, though, that this isn't just a matter of random people finding answers they want to find. I mean, we've, we've got people like uh, Paul Young and Brian McLaren. I mean, these are people who have been studying longer and harder than me by twice my age. I mean, like <laughs> twice the amount of time I have. So, I mean, there, there's definitely some scholars in the mix. But I agree, I agree with Matt, and I think this, unfortunately, not even just in the church, but everywhere is becoming a very lost art, and that is being able to say, here's what I believe, and agree or disagree, be offended or not be offended. Mm. I'm just being honest right, right now, and that's all you can do. So I, I, I love yeah. it. Well, here's one thing that sure. I appreciate, too. What, what you're saying is, it sounds like to me, and if I'm wrong, correct me, it sounds like you're saying we'll start with the Bible and move from there, so we're trying to come from an informed part. For example, I definitely disagree with you. I think women should be preachers. <laughs> I just do. When I read the Bible, I, I think they're so crucial, at least in the New Testament and definitely in the Old Testament, too. Throughout the Bible, crucial to sharing the gospel is women. Uh, out of the tomb, uh, how important the, the women were to Paul and, and what all that meant, how important it is for Beth Moore to speak to my wife. And the, it, it seems like a little bit of a weird, nuanced opinion to say Beth Moore can preach in this building and not this building. Now, obviously, there's a lot more to shepherding a flock and all that stuff. But what I appreciate and respect about your answer is I'm saying that, too, from what I read in the Bible. So then we can have at least an informed discussion and maybe even disagree. But I I agree. And, and going back to what Matt said, if it's just an emotional, oh, well, I, I just want women to be preachers. Now, that. That might even be a good feeling. It feels great and all that stuff, but it isn't informed. And I'm trying to make mm-hmm. my opinions from an informed view of reading the Bible and go, hey, listen, this is what I'm reading. Now let's talk about it. And that that, that does make a lot of sense. And I think that's fair. And sure. I, I would hope you would hear me from that. Like if I say this oh, scripture sure. here says that, you know, that's what that's what I think is very fair. And what a lot of Christians miss out on is it, it, you still have to listen. Even if you disagree, why not listen and then you actually can learn from the person, hear what they're actually saying. Like what what I'm saying is I love I, I have seen more growth in my wife sometimes from be- the fact that the woman was a woman and that she knew she knows what it's like to be a woman in ways that I don't. Sure. Well, women so can sharing, teach women. Yeah, you're still saying women way, can yeah. teach women though, Toby, is all you're saying. <laughs> no, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> teach me t- and I learned from it too because my wife came back. Beth I, Moore's but yeah, you're right. I from my you. wife and my daughter. Busted, you know, but, busted. <laughs> I did not go to the Beth Moore conference and you wouldn't have caught me there. <laughs> I would not have How been there. Progressive but, of you, <laughs> but I heard some stuff and I thought it was cool. So she said, <laughs> "Yeah, for king and country would be there." Yeah, 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 exactly, one hundred percent. Well, all um, right, go ahead. No, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, I mean, and just to say that, I, I was, I was saying that as a, as an example. Right, sure. right, right, right. Yep. No, but, yes, but yes, uh, you know, I think that. Talking about it again from a biblical perspective is important. Yeah. Um, for instance, I didn't grow up 
like that. That was a new thing for me. Um, you know, I thought the, the orthodox view is that women sh- shouldn't be uh, preachers and hold authority. I read uh, Jesus Feminism, which was a book that came out a couple of years ago because I thought uh, I need to understand where people are coming from. And yeah. I think those are great discussions to have, again, fr- from the word. And I think if Christians can do that, I think we can be in a really great place. Right. Uh, and, and I think to me, it's about getting into the word and, and not just for how it makes us feel but because God is good and he's wonderful yeah. to know. And, you know, and, and so I agree with you down, yeah. down with that. Uh, okay. Yeah. I got a question. It might come out of nowhere, but I got to know. Toby, I'm, let me I've tag one the... more thing on to, right. to that. Cause it kind of came to me as we were discussing it there, but great. Yeah. Interrupt me. I, I, yeah, it's cool. be great. I, Toby's I said, let me ta- I'm on the, everybody's on, on the edge of their seat. I'm going to let, I'll, I'll give it. I'll throw if this it right isn't about Baron cross. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't know any of the lyrics. But I did find that fun, that part of the interview. That far. was my favorite part the, of the interview. Um, so far. I love y'all singing to each other. <laughs> it, it, it occurs. I could name so many bands that he would be <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I just awesome. I just wanted to say that I think that that uh, I've been on the anti authority kick, well, basically my whole life, but I'm trying to put some finer points on it at this age in, in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm almost 40 now, and I realize I've always kind of had this suspicion of authority. And the older I get, the more I feel like I was right when I was young. And so I'm just kind of wrestling through that, and I don't mind doing that publicly. But it seems to me that there's a, a emotional reasoning being something that bothers me, you, and should bother anybody because it's, it's not usually as rational or good. Um, but it's very powerful because we're emotional beings. But I think mm-hmm. there's a concealed emotional reasoning in, uh, I think, this very emotional still to over lean into authority with trust. That's an emotion too, where you feel protected and safe by your forefathers or your father or your pastor. And I do think that the tendency there is also being swayed, can be being swayed emotionally versus independent, strong reason thought. And that doesn't mean who's right mm-hmm. or wrong about anything, but I would say pay attention to that because it's not just emotional reasoning to go with peer pressure at your school in the general culture that also exists as, you know, appeals to yeah. the, the authorities you're born with and, and find yourself swimming. Right. In. I think I see what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, in other words, like, uh, I, I believe this because my pastor said it. Is that what you mean? Yeah. I mean, that's, that would be the default emotional feeling that is emotional. It can be, that doesn't mean it's not, I, I'm not saying it was pastors right or wrong or interpretation of the Bible, not my point, but the independent right. thought, which I, think that you seem to exhibit because again i think you would have slidden down the scale like most people if you were subject to being pulled and swayed by by other forces especially in the general market music i I know i mean i I totally understand how that is but that's what i'd like to highlight as as the um importance of being on the same page anyway toby go for it cool i I have a i have a really deep question too and i really want to know what does it feel like to sell like millions of records? Like I, we, I've been in a band where I saw for years, and we've sold several hundred thousand. I'm point five. We sold about happy. point five million. It feels good. We, we sold point, point four million, point at least four three million or something. But what does that feel like when that happens? Like when you go from, like you said, you were hmm. training to be a uh, work at a church, and and y'all were doing skillet, but you definitely went through Dude, I was, the, the the low times where you know, like you said, they yeah. weren't going to play my music, and then all of a sudden something hits and it. Millions? I mean, how do you process it? It is crazy because I was working at Family Christian Store and I remember when Skillet first hit the shelves and nobody knew who they were. That's crazy. Right. Wow. Yeah. I I mean, honestly, it's been a really crazy ride, man. Um, I think that when we first started selling a lot of records, 
I kind of like, I, I can't explain it, but I kind of didn't believe it. It, it was almost really? like, uh, <laughs> I would call, I would call my manager. I remember calling, we would just do a show. This is when, um, our comatose album came out. So this was Oh six comatose record came out and it seemed like things had changed and it was out for about three months and we flew to do a show in California and uh, we, we got on stage and the crowd was singing so loud that I couldn't hear myself singing in my microphone. Yeah. And, uh, and that had never happened. Yeah. And I called my manager. I was like, something weird just happened tonight. You know, I felt, <laughs> I felt it was like, like a miracle, you know, a miracle happened tonight. And he's like, well, he's like, John, things are really changing. And I was like, I don't think they are. I think it was just something weird about this concert. And this went on for about four months, you know, about, yeah. wow, we had another really good show. And he's like, John, things are changing. And, and but you, you work so hard for so long right. that you're not really, uh, for instance, I still to this day, um, I went to, I'm a big uh, Brewers fan because, you know, I lived yeah, down there. Yeah. So I went to the Brewers yeah. game. And whenever I go to the Brewers game, somebody will be like, oh my gosh, you're from Skillet. And uh, I'm always surprised. That's true. One time, uh, me and my wife were sitting getting food and this guy's walking past and he's giving me that guy like the, the, the look from the side of his eyes. <laughs> and I told core, I was like, Corey, I think this guy wants to fight me. <laughs> I, I don't know what's happening. He's giving me a look like he wants to fight. Cause you know that, you know, yeah, that look. And, yeah. and when you, when you're in a band, you kind of get used to like certain kinds of guy yeah, yeah. look, or, you know, you're a pretty boy or they don't like your clothes or whatever it may be. And I thought, all right, if this is, I had to make a plan. If this guy comes over to yeah. fight, this is what we got to do. <laughs> right. And this guy is walking up to me and he finally gets up and I'm thinking, what, why would he just say something already? And he's like, are you the guy from skillet? And I was like, Oh, <laughs> it never crossed my mind that he might know who I was because I'm so used to, to being in a van and nobody knowing you right, for, right. for 12 years. I didn't know that we were famous, you know? So it, it's a little bit strange to not, un, to not understand the impact after working so hard. Yeah. And, and the good news is, is that, you know, you don't have it gone the other way to where you're like, yeah, I'm amazing. Everybody right, knows who I am. Right. You don't want to be arrogant, but, I think that that hard work and and hopefully what we all would call like daily sanctification yeah. of of pride doesn't make you hard to be with. But uh, it, it's been an amazing ride. I never saw this coming. And I'm, I'm amazed that we're still playing music. Honestly, I never thought we'd be doing it this long. So, yeah, you got a That's plan cool. for the for 20 more years or I mean, can you picture it doing <laughs> it when you're 50 and 60? <laughs> Absolutely. Now and now I can get more tattoos because yeah. I don't think I, you know, I, don't, I don't have to get another job. Right. Um, I honestly, if I could play, if if I could play music for ten or twenty more years, I would love it. I mean, it's such an honor and seeing the fans sing, seeing somebody sing your songs because you know that God's used it in a way that you never love it. I love I love my job for sure. Well, when this interview hits, folks, this album is out right now. So you need to go check out the debut EP called Still Breathing by Fight the Fury. You, you heard a little clip yeah, on we, here. We already played you a clip. You know it's heavy. We're so. excited for you, man. Hey, before I let you go, I'm going to ask this question with confidence and hope I don't ruin anything special. What's your favorite Bride album? 
Oh my gosh! Uh, snakes in the playground. Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah! Uh, Psychedelic super Jesus. That's oh no my way. gosh! <laughs> you know what was funny is that uh, you know Brian's early stuff was awesome. Like oh, like gosh. the metal, like Live to Die and all that. I love that. They they definitely stand on their own two feet now like that that was a legit oh, metal yeah. band that knew what they were doing yeah sure. and then they had that shift in the 90s yeah uh, which it first took me off guard because i was waiting for another uh, speed metal record basically right, right. and and um snakes in the playground was you know dirty dirty rock i mean right, right. just dirty filthy you might even call yeah. it <laughs> yeah. and uh I, I i loved that album and i was surprised i ended up it became my favorite because I was a really big fan of Live to Die. Yeah, yeah. and um, I love yeah, I think talking about that metal stuff. I think Guns and Roses had a lot to do with that. Honestly, just you, oh, you, I'm sure. you heard a lot of bands make a little turn because it was just yeah. such an appealing style. But bluesy yeah. rock, Guardian, Guardian yep. crushed it. That bluesy rock. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I got a story for you that I can leave you with. All, All right, right. go for it. You're going. It's going to make you happy and and sad at the same time. Okay, <laughs> I'm used to that, man. That's my so, story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always sad. Um, when I moved uh, to Kenosha from Memphis, uh, I had this piano that I inherited. This gorgeous baby grand piano, and it's it storage for like. 10 years, long story, eight years since my mom had passed away. So it was in storage, fine, but I, ne- I never had a house you know, big enough for it. I never had a house, actually. So I thought one day, if I ever get a house, I'll have my, my $10,000 piano in it, right? Yeah. So when I, when I moved to Kenosha, I talked to someone in my church that was a piano teacher, and I said, hey, I'm moving my piano up here, and I, who do I get to tune it? Who should I use to tune my piano? And she says, you know what? Honestly, the best guy in town that I think is this guy called Rex Carroll. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. Exactly. And, and, and I was I was like, Rex Carroll. And that I was like, hilarious. from White Cross. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, is that a band? I said, yeah. And she goes, you know what? He does look like he may have been in a band. So, dude, dude, so, he just for a visual for Matt and Toby, this dude had some balls, man, because he was completely balding and he just grew that all hair the side out, man. Out. <laughs> and a big old all beard. All the sides, all the, the, the sides out, you know. And uh, Rex Carroll shows up at my house. I wore my White Cross shirt. I mean, I did the whole thing. You know, I, I was just like. I was just mesmerized, and and turns out, I guess it makes sense. He's a he's a wicked piano tuner. Yep. yep. Well, this is my hero, and and the reason I say it's sad is not that there's anything wrong with tuning pianos. It's that Christian mu- Christian musicians of that era had, had absolutely no respect from the, the from the outside world mm, of yeah, Christian yeah. metal, and they were fantastic musicians. Yeah, his guitar playing. Yeah. I, I mean, he maybe he was unreal. one of the better guitarists out there. I oh mean, yeah, it was unreal. Uh, unreal guitar player and and it's funny because christian music still doesn't really good a good rap except now like tons of famous secular musicians used to be christian musicians like katie perry yeah, or right. or uh who's the country act from that joy used to be in the uh civil war the civil war, oh, yeah, yeah. The civil war. kanye west he started with jesus walks and then he just went downhill uh, yeah. from there you know I mean. well yeah <laughs> Well, it's funny because lots of these people are Christians 
or came, we're going to do Christian music. Maybe they did do Christian music. Um, and, or maybe they just said, you know what, there's not going to be room for me in Christian music. So I'm just going to be a musician. But anyway, all that to say, there's a great legacy of Christian music out there that a lot of people just don't know. Yeah, yep. I agree. I agree. Hopefully we can get some of that back. I love the the art and the, when, when Christian music should be some of the best music in the world, it should be challenging and awesome and heavy and soft and all those things. So anyway, John, we really do appreciate it. Fight the fury, check out the band, go to Spotify, uh, that you, you want to send them to a website or anything or. Well, you can find all the socials, uh, fight, fight the fury, uh, .com. Uh, fight if you're on Instagram, you can find all of it from skillets. We, we are also cool. linked to it. You can always find it. So check it out. And, uh, the video is, is out now as well. Awesome. Appreciate Thank you so it. much, John, for joining us, man. Get- had a great time chatting with y'all. Hey yeah, John, yeah, also, sure, uh, we're working on a movie about the Christian music itself and kind of the nuance of what it is and isn't and how it's changed over oh. time. And I do a podcast called labeled that is doing some really deep, uh, history and a lot of stuff you're talking about i'd love to ask you more questions about if you'd be down i don't have anything in mind at the exact moment but you're somebody sure. i would love to talk to for both of those projects in the future if you oh be that'd be it. fantastic i think that'd be great because uh it has changed drastically mm-hmm. i think from its intention and and i don't think that's bad i think they're like i think you mentioned earlier, i think there's just room mm-hmm. there's room i think that's the best way to say it there's room for people that Say, I'm a Christian, but I don't want to talk about Jesus. I think there's room for you. You know, there's room for casting crowns that wants to only talk right. about Jesus. Right. There's room right. for everybody. And I think it's I think it's great to, to chat about. And, and a lot of people don't know. I'm sorry I'm, I'm on and on. That's but right. uh-huh. A lot of people don't realize that for a band like Skillet, at which my lie, I'm all about evangelism. But a lot of people don't know that in Skillet, we can go open up for Slipknot or whoever. Maybe slow on his. Hey, hey, oh, hey. Yep, sorry. Hey, there. Sorry, we lost you. Didn't oh, okay, sorry. Uh, I was just saying we played with Allison Chains years ago, Damn. and, and oh, I got this email from – a year later I got an email from somebody saying they came to see Allison Chains. They thought, who is this skillet band opening up? And while we were playing, they just had a feeling that God was real and that they needed to ask their friend Joe – who went to church if God was real and went to church, became a Christian and sent us an email a year later saying that it was, uh, that's just so bizarre. That's right. like, yeah, that's cool. Holy yeah, Spirit that's cool. stuff. And you don't have to always do a lot to just be a light in a dark place. So anyway, all that to say there's room. And I think it's a great idea to do a documentary or a movie or whatever mm-hmm. it is. You're yeah, doing. Documentary type awesome. thing. I'll, I'll, uh, Tell your manager agent, because I know you'll be hard to get in touch with at some point, but go ahead and pre-green light that, and I'll hit them up and see if we can squeeze okay. it in sometime. I'll do that. I'll do that today. And uh, is it Verna? I can't remember the girl. Is it Verna? Reva. Or? Reva. 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 Sorry, dyslexia, apparently. Uh-huh. Uh, she's got my cell number uh, because I texted her, and if that is coming Perfect. near and you're not getting anywhere in management, she can send me a text got if it. she wants. Thank you, awesome. John. Perfect. John, thanks for your time, dude. Great see chatting, you, guys. Yeah, yeah you for too, sure, man. All right, later. All right, see you. Bye-bye. All right, so let me ask Matt and Toby. I got a couple of things, one theological and one musical. Okay. Uh, music question is, when you hear this guy and you think about the story of Skillet, for instance, yeah. do you think, well, they had a dose of luck that Emery, and obviously I'm not, uh, denigrating what Emory's done, people would give their right arm to have the success you guys have. But 
open up for Alice in Chains and, I mean, what, millions of record. Do you think, hey, they had an element of luck that just eluded us, or do you think they did something different that we didn't do? I don't. I know y'all don't have any regrets. Y'all did things exactly how you wanted to, but how... Oh, I've why, got regrets. Why, why Skillet and not Emory when it comes to that level? Okay, well, first of all, we opened for Alice in Chains but two weeks ago. And, true, and yes. also, and also <laughs> toured with them in Australia in a technical right. sense. But yeah. of course, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, we opened for Slayer and Bush and Stone Temple Pilots the other day. Anyway, in Mexico City, in Mexico no City, Any, not a big deal. Forty thousand people. It wasn't. It was just a weekend yeah, yeah. for me. Whatever. But no, nothing like fans. I do not whatsoever. Whatsoever. I mean, it, okay. A lot of people like to diminish luck, and a lot of people like to lean into luck and say the thing there. And it's easy for successful people. They always like to say luck had no part of it. It's all about hard work. Of course, there's some luck there. you gotta, you, you got to understand that there's a, you know, a critical mass, a momentum, the right thing at the right time. That, those things, there's of a course, ton of luck for getting to where Emory got. Right. For so yeah. we're, we're mean, nothing we got, but lucky for when the music yeah. we got into hit and what, right. you know, high school I girls mean, eventually champion, like screaming. Any so we're lucky. At the profession, any championship, like right. college football, That's right. all of right. that, you have to have some luck. Right. Now, the, the, the part of it where you, where you say, so yeah, that can be overdone. But the point is, there's a million people that had the same circumstances and even were doing well and had the initial success that Skillet did that did not retain it, grow it, lean into it, hone it, optimize it, survive, last. And you would put that on Skillet as far as they did something Longevity to me, and this is easy to say to somebody's putting out their seventh album or whatever. Again, this is from my point of view, but the longevity part of Emery's career, for instance, and more so for Skillet, proves i think some more things there about hard work and yeah. being flexible and knowing who you are those are the things that i mean and there's lots of people that are skill they people get like big. still like their music just they're they're, they're writing music that people mm-hmm. like yeah i mean that you, that's you can't diminish that either like that they're working hard you're right they 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 have a plan they they're doing really well and so it's not if, if you said yeah, they just got lucky that would be just I think absurd. Yeah, I think you're wrong. People are wrong when they say, "If I could just have that tour, I could be this right. or whatever." That that's not true. It's how you right. handle the thing, the luck and talent and skill you build, and then your handling of it you, is really what kind of seems to separate things in, in in the long run. I would say that way. But all those things, are, of course, are factors. But there's no chance that the best director. People think that about directors in Hollywood. So it's like or coaches for sports teams. I mean, there's so much luck that can crash you. Like, bad luck is more prevalent than good, is what I'm saying. Yeah, It's easy to All crash, right. and to, to maintain it means something. All right, spiritual question, Okay, and then we'll, we'll end it here. Even amongst Christians, so I'm not talking people that don't ascribe to the Christian faith. Obviously, they don't believe in the Bible. But amongst Christians, isn't it illogical... Like talking pure logic, isn't it illogical for inerrancy not to be debatable? Like I, that's that's one thing that I'm just like, how nah, can anyone no, who believes don't in inerrancy not believe that that may not be the case? Because we're banking it off of a teaching that was passed down and taking uh, maybe perfectly in context or taking out. 
out of context things that Paul or Jesus said just by pure logic. I agree with you, it's but I don't provable. think that's that is. Uh, I think it's reasonable for somebody to say that that is not debatable because there's many things that you say are not debatable. Maybe just reason yeah. and logic themselves. Some people throw out in a postmodern sense, and you say, oh, yeah, no, I'm no, not, no, I'm, I'm not, not throwing out him. logic and reason and what I see is real. I'm not questioning reality like Toby does. You say, no, that's not on the table for question. Is this life real? Are we in a simulation? Please, I'm right. not debating that. That that's the way it would feel to somebody who is confident and not willing to question inerrancy. That is bedrock. You have bedrock too. I thought, I thought Your his stance was farther. respectable. Well, he he, oh, for sure. he was saying these are my personal beliefs, and it's not. It, it, uh, I don't have to express those to you if I don't want to. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like he he might. He might I don't. I, we don't know where he stands. We're not even necessarily talking about John, but we don't even know where he stands on inerrancy or or errancy or whatever it might be. I, I, and so he's saying, uh, it's, this is my belief, right. and we don't have to argue about it, which yeah, I think and, is a valid. Yeah. People say, yeah, I thought about Maybe. it. That seems silly to me. Of course it's inerrant. Okay, back to the re- – I mean, you can't – there's just right. no – you know, you, so, there, you have bedrock issues too that you don't – you just – you've thought about it, you've heard it, but that's nonsense. I'm going to stick with this because this is, this is where I'm at. Also, I don't know if it, it – Many times it's good to proselytize or try to express your beliefs, but maybe as I get older, sometimes I think the same thing. I'm only being combative in certain ways, and I'm only weaponizing things uh, if I go if I talk to somebody about it that believes differently than me because we're not getting anywhere. You know what I mean? Like the only way you actually change your mind is through a journey and a process. Nobody ever changed their mind in one conversation. I don't think. Sure. In an argument, you know That's what right. I mean? Especially about politics or the religion. Right. That's why people say avoid those things because you ain't changing anybody's mind in a in a conversation. So maybe can, it's best to avoid sometimes. Yeah. You can, hey, if yeah. if my calculations are correct, yes. you guys correct me. Okay. If they're not correct, okay, we will be on the road when this is released. Am I correct, Reva? Correct. Mm-hmm. We're, We're somewhere, somewhere on the road. No, Evner. What did John call you? <laughs> Verna. Evner. I like that name. Evner Hansen. All right, well, uh, shout-outs to the BC Club for yeah. supporting us. Oh, shout and, it uh, out. People can go to Shout the... it out. They're not going to get... Shout it out. Shout it out. Shout it out. The BC Club, shout it out. Joey, do you got some names of people that are good? People that run in the BC hood. Shout it out. Shout it out. Shit it out. <laughs> All right. What hey, are we, they? That, you got that, the names? I want to do it. Let's. You got the second. names. He set you, you up, and now Toby you got to go and... sidebar here. He just <laughs> he just rolled you right into the name. Now the name should come pouring out. I don't know if I have I any know. names. You, you, what was the point of that up. whole beatbox if you're going to go it. sidebar at the end of that? I didn't see him Look, pop up. Move your finger. Oh, the chat thing. <laughs> move your <laughs> fat sausage finger. You always had sausage fingers that just destroy my body. There they are. Oh, surprise, surprise! Reva sent them, and you can't find them. Hey, you hurt my Okay, hands. we really appreciate the BC Club today. We got Josh Cooper, <laughs> Phil Vincent, Daniel E. Jo- Johnson, jo- Johnson. Hey, 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 you're not giving these people their purse. Erika Hawk. It's Erica. Uh, Tom Linguini Zagini Zanigi. Zuniga. 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 This is not a good one. This is not a good. I, I, I lost Joey's impression voice and everything. <laughs> you lost composure. Let's clear this up. Tom Z- N-I-G-A. Zuniga. 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 Okay. All right, so Gazoon let me go tight. back to Jeremy Gazoon Culper. Tight, huh? 
Jeremy Culper, Phil Vin- Vincent, the, Daniel the, the, E. The, Johnson. Dante. I think you're right. Arika Re- Hawk. Erica. Tom Zuniga. Uh-huh. Matt Meads. Brian Vin- Klinkle. Klinkle. <laughs> John, John Scott. Scott Zach. Neff. Not again. Neff. Neffazigger. 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 I swear these are real names. This is what I'm stuck with every single episode. So every single time, now we got Tom Zuniga. We're going to... And I don't care what their names are. Tom Zaniga and Zach Nevziger. Alexander Peterson, Kara Fernstrom, Andrew Sherwood, Larry Adams, Alicia Sell, Daniel Dylan Spangler, Michelle Owen, Gabriel Brown, Phil Evance, Josh Kelly, and Nathan Malloy. Hey, there's some people that... I uh, guess rejoin. Very familiar names. Yes, they they keep rejoining. And if you haven't joined the BC Club, I'm telling you, God it will smoke you and your family. The, the, the ones you don't want to be yeah, smoked. And God laid something on my heart too. Oh, I bet. It was, you, was it like fat? <laughs> <laughs> if you join at cholesterol. A th- if you if you join at a thousand dollars, Toby will do something sexually to you. Yeah, or to myself, or to yourself. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. We're Join. sitting around a campfire last night, and Joey goes, can I just ask you a question? <laughs> you can't tell me that God, who made us to love us, we don't get unreal pleasure in heaven. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I'm just sitting outside now, by a fire listen. looking at the stars, and Joey is thinking about heaven sex. Listen. All, and I said, what if I don't want to have perfected sex? What if I want to masturbate in heaven? Is that a sin? All do you I, not no, get to do that? The only point I was making was perfected. Why is it out of the question? Because you and Ryan were saying, yeah. Why is it out of the question? Why isn't it out of the question? It's not out of the question. So open minded. You've asked the question and pondered the question for thousands of hours. But just picture this. I'll go ahead and settle it. I looked it up biblically. It is definitely true. Put your mind at ease. You'll be wearing an Apple Watch that has an instant <laughs> orgasm button, and you can just set it as long as you want. That you can have that <laughs> look, in heaven. Okay. You look this Fine. up. <laughs> yeah, I checked. I looked it up. So just. Now move on to thinking about something else. <laughs> okay, one of my kids may die today, and I'm sad. Right. Nobody else on earth is thinking, I can't wait to get to heaven and have perspective sex with Joey Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> That's no one's heaven besides, at all. Not one person's <laughs> like, you know what? If heaven's real... <laughs>